Destination Medicine is a joint project of the regional training hubs. This podcast series brings you medical students' accounts of their experiences in applying to study medicine. Lucas Quinn had already had a full life before he applied to medical school. He spent most of his formative years in South Africa, moving back to Australia in 1998 and heading to university in Armidale, New South Wales, which he loved, by the way, passing exams with the least amount of effort, he says, while enjoying everything about small-town life. Then he was off to study nursing in Brisbane, which also included many months of travel, Think riding motorbikes through India and exploring South America, but as his nursing career developed, so too did his belief that this wasn't the career for him. Thus, it was then that he finally applied to medical school. But the early years weren't easy. It had been way too long since he'd studied, and he admits he's terrible at it anyway. And by then, he had a wife and small child to consider. How could he find the right balance between becoming a doctor and remaining a committed family man. Luke Quinn describes the journey from nursing to Alice Springs as a fifth-year medical student. It's been quite an adventure. He takes Heather Dawson back to the early days. What was Luke Quinn doing pre-medicine? Pre-medicine, I was living in Sydney. I'd been nursing for 10 years, probably, by the end of it. I spent a lot of time in the community garden and at the beach, and I was a bit frustrated in nursing So eventually I ended up going into medicine, but I suppose my path was a a lot longer than other people's getting there. And along the way, you had personal experiences that were obviously great. You met your wife on the ward. That's right. That was early on in the nursing days when I was working in Brisbane on a gastrointestinal ward, actually, upper GI surgery and lower GI surgery for those that know in the Wesley Hospital in Brisbane and it was my first nursing job and she was a nursing assistant and training as well to be a nurse at the time. Yeah, we met there and as she always jokes, over a a dirty pan in the pan room and from then on I suppose it was a tumultuous relationship at times that ended up us together and with a a two-year-old ten years later. So from nursing, when did you decide to become a doctor and why? At the time... Working nursing in Sydney, I was at a big tertiary centre and I was occasionally the nurse unit manager of an emergency department or working on the floor there, as in working shift work. And I suppose I saw a lot of interns coming through and in the time I was there, I'd see them from them being fledgling doctors to becoming residents to becoming registrars. And I knew that I had taught them quite a lot in that time and I saw the jobs they did and realised that I could potentially do it. And I suppose it it took me a long time to realise that that was something I could potentially do. And I thought, well, should I do it? Because at the moment I'm doing a lot of management in nursing. It wasn't very fulfilling, but it was very tiring. It was a lot of shifting people around the emergency department and a lot of trying to make sure the key performance indicators were looking good, but not really a lot of caring for patients. And it was very tiring work. And so I was working three or four days a week and exhausted from it. And I thought there's probably a better path for me. And so I slowly sort of threw my hat in the ring for medicine. 
Did you tell friends and family that you'd decided to switch course and uh, head into becoming a doctor or your wife too? Was she supportive? Yeah, yeah. At the time when I first did the GAMSAT, I just thought, I'll just have a go at this exam and see if I can even get anywhere near passing. And so I told people around me, I suppose I told my family. It's a bit funny, sometimes in nursing, your close friends are supportive and others, you don't think nursing is good enough. So they shun you a little bit, some people. I mean, I was by no means the best nurse in that department, you know, clinically or in any way. And there's a lot of exceptional people, nurses there, that have clinical skills beyond at least all the junior doctors. And so when you say you're thinking of doing medicine, some think, well, why would you do that if you can be a nurse? And so my perspective on it is I wasn't fulfilled in the emergency department, busting myself every day, and I thought I could do it in a different way. Well, tell us a bit about the GAMSAT and how you prepared for that and how did it go? I did it twice. First time I passed but didn't get an interview for any of the unis. I think I got 58 and my study had been two weeks of looking at online tutorials, for science tutorials, which is grossly underprepared. Where did my preparation started? Staring out the window at science class in school, which was a long time ago. I'm 40 now. So when I was doing my GAMSAT, I'd been out of school for 15 years and I wasn't a very good student there. So I'd had to relearn a lot of chemistry and try and remind myself of it. And the GAMSAT itself is a bit of a hairy beast. It's got critical thinking in the sciences, the bulk of it. So like I say, I did it a second time and studied for three months, I think, two or three months, and hardly got any more marks. (laughs) (laughs) so so i'm not sure if i can give any advice on the gamset other than study the basic sciences and there's plenty of courses out there that people pay for i watched free online tutorials mostly from khan academy there's a man in the u.s salman khan who is an excellent tutor and i think that largely got me through the gamset got me up to speed on year 12 science. So how many universities did you apply for, Luke? And do you have any tips on the application process then, at least? I applied for, it's a fairly standardised system and you put in your preference list of places. And I got my third, which was to go to ANU in Canberra. Applying is not the hard part. They will select you on your marks and what you've been doing previous to this and your experience and then that is for an interview so the interview process is fairly standard I think what they want is someone that can communicate someone with empathy and someone with a moral compass and that is largely what they look for in that interview process that they're going to invest in somebody that is going to become a good doctor. Do you think it stood in your favour that you had had so many years' experience as a nurse before going into medical school for it to be a doctor? It's a big question, and I think it probably holds me in good stead to become a doctor. Did it hold me in good stead in university, at med school? It was very difficult. The first two years were a barrage of science that was very difficult for me, and I got through. But to be honest, if I'd known how I would have felt going through this, I think I probably would have said this is a very difficult path and I'd like to know how I would have felt before going into it. I was fairly blind through a lot of it. 
with a lot of help from the younger people in the course and some tutors, I got through. But did nursing help me? Definitely not in those first two years. In the next two years, somewhat. But I suppose my best advice to people doing it is acknowledge before you start that you are there to become a doctor, not that you are a nurse or have come from a profession. Because I suppose I had an arrogance about me that didn't allow me to leave my nursing at the door. Now, you went through the rural pathway, is that correct? That's correct, yeah. And I understand you did have some amazing opportunities during that time at medical school. You assisted in a research project in a remote Indigenous communities in northern Queensland. That would have been amazing. That was in Yarrabah, the research I did. So near Cairns it was, about 40 kilometres from Cairns. So that was part of my research project was there on otitis media, so middle ear infections in children, which is just the very surface of the disadvantage, I suppose, in Indigenous health in paediatrics. And as it happens, I'm now doing my first rotation in paediatrics in Alice Springs, and I'm seeing a full gamut, I suppose, of everything you learn at university about this. So, Going back to your studies, though, there are a lot of different study techniques, Luke. And how did you find the right one for you? Particularly, you know, you talk about how long it's been since uh, your time at school, for example, anyway. My time at school and my time at university, I'd worked all through nursing. So my study had been fairly brief, I suppose, and I'd done enough to get through. How did I study? There is a lot out there and a lot of ways to go about it. I think coming into it as a mature age student and someone with medical knowledge, albeit from nursing, I need to understand the concepts instead of rote learning things like a lot of people are able to do. So people use various digital flashcards just to remember facts so they can regurgitate them and they don't sit in my head, they don't stay there. So I need to go conceptually from the beginning and it was very laborious because I feel like I needed to understand everything from the floor up instead of knowing small bits that were going to be asked. You really need at med school to filter through a barrage of information and resources Every few days, someone will say, have you seen this book? Have you seen this PDF? Have you seen this past exam paper? I think the best description I got was from an intern just before I started med school. He said, good luck. I was in economics and then did medicine. And he said, med school is basically like trying to drink from a fire hydrant. And it was exactly that. The amount of information you get from the university is probably matched by the amount of information you get from your peers on all these resources and it's entirely overwhelming. So being able to filter out that and stick with the good information and what works for you is what's important. What about imposter syndrome, Luke? It's one of the things we ask students for the Destination Medicine podcast series because it is clearly there for many. Was that a problem for you? Yeah, I think it's ongoing probably. Sometimes I still think I'm a nurse that somehow got through med school instead of saying to myself, well, I'm a junior doctor, I'm an intern, I need to just work like I am an intern. And the other side of it was me fighting this battle inside myself to go, you need to acknowledge that how do I bring my knowledge from nursing and how do I bring it with me and put it into 
this new context. And I don't think universities are very good at that, so you need to do it yourself. They're not very good at going, we acknowledge what you have done and we're going to try and work with you. They are much better at getting people from a medical science degree and turning them into junior doctors. So all through that, it was reinforced by that, that here I am doing anatomy with people that have done two years of anatomy before that, or physiology with people that have done a few years of physiology just the year before. And when I brought clinical know-how, it wasn't of much use to me. So it definitely existed. How do you overcome it? I fall back on the fact that I've been chosen to be at the university. I've passed the rigorous process. I've passed the GAMSAT. I've got in through the interview. I've passed each year of med school. And it's not easy. And people do fail. And people do drop out. And so I know that I'm meant to be here in the end. From a personal point of view also, Luke, you're not just on your own. As a mature student, you bring a family yeah, that's into right. the equation as well. And that is an extra, I mean, joy, obviously, but complication too, I would think. Yeah, it is. Your life looks different from everyone else's or a lot of other people's. There are a few parents in my year, but probably three or maybe four. And Arlo, my son, came along about four days before the second year exams. And so I sat in this exam wondering what my newborn was doing. You're trying to work out how to be a parent and, and it's quite a confronting time. Needless to say, I've failed that and had to sit the supplementary exam <laughs> because I wasn't quite in the right headspace. So, Luke, what is one piece of advice you wish you were given before you started your medical journey to become a doctor? Know why you want to do it and understand why you want to do medicine. And I think it was quite mixed for me why I wanted to do it. I feel like I fell into nursing in some ways because I'd been working in a similar field in disability care. Then I felt like I, I felt like it was one of my first real decisions where I thought I want to do this. But in a sense, it was an extension of nursing where I, I saw a lot of doctors functioning as doctors, and I thought, well, I can do that. And I need to visualise now where I'm going to end up as a doctor. And is this the path I want to take? And I think it is. It's, but I think that's the most important thing is if you can have your eyes on the prize, then you can keep going. If you know why you want to do it, then you can keep going. But if it's a confusing sort of prize or a confusing image in your head, then you might lose faith. So, Luke, how do you visualise your future as a doctor? I think my future as a doctor is probably along a pathway through the rural and remote medicine where you can become a generalist of sorts. So you can do general practice and additional subspecialty. That is what's probably most appealing at this time. Like you say, it needs to be balanced with my family. So that's important that I bring up a well-rounded child and that my partner Nat gets to work and feel fulfilled in what she's doing. And at the moment, I have to work full time because it's part of the training program, although there are options for part-time, but most people do their internship full-time. I think what it will look like for me is uh, some GP work, probably some critical care work like emergency in an emergency department somewhere and probably some locum work into remote areas and hopefully working less than full-time so I can 
do those things that I enjoyed, like my family, having a garden, having time in nature, I suppose, is that these things need to come along in a co-priority with a career. And it's about balancing it with Nat as well, that she is able to work and feel fulfilled from her work. And you're starting on a new adventure. You're now in Alice Springs for the next couple of years. How are you finding it? That's right. So we're here now. So I've started my internship up here in Alice on a few days off at the moment, but working in paediatrics for my first rotation, which is great. Very different population, different problems from the cities and very different health outcomes, worse health outcomes. And it's quite overwhelming. You try and, in your mind, fix all the problems and realise that uh, a lot of it is based in policy and infrastructure and uh, social change rather than one patient at a time. But as a doctor, that's what you do, one patient at a time, what most doctors do. So the adventure continues out here. That was Lucas Quinn, currently on his fifth year internment in Alice Springs. We trust you've enjoyed this episode of Destination Medicine, a joint project of the regional training hubs. The hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Programme.